0: Hey, uh, welcome, welcome to the Capital church Church Podcast uh, Now, this is a special sort of uh, post-credit episode uh, And I'm going to deal with the nature of Mark 16 um, There's something that you can see there Something to do with the manuscript So I'm just giving very very brief this is a very brief it's a very very brief and shallow introduction to what people have been thinking about these verses so uh, it is a little bit nerdy i'm just just warning you there you know a nerdy alert um but you know if you're interested in this sort of stuff then you can go ahead um i'll, I'll try and explain it the best i can um but we'll see how we go you see there that, that um Look, it really depends on on, on what Bible you have, but I think most Bibles now still have a little note at the end of Mark 16. Uh, Let me tell you what I've got in mind. Um, So in my Bible, what I've got is, it says Mark 16, it goes from verses 1 to 8, and then I've got a bracket, and it says, some of the earliest manuscripts do not include chapter 16, verse 9 to 20. And then from 9 to 20, it's got the verses chapter 16 verse 9 to 20 but it's all in brackets now before we get to the actual chapter i think i need to say a couple things about those brackets it says some of the earliest manuscripts do not include those verses so the question is well what's it doing there is verse are verses 9 to 20 part of the bible um, if you ever read of it it, it, it sort of looks familiar and sort of doesn't. You know, there are bits, especially toward the end, that's sort of, you know, different. Um, what What's the deal with these verses? Well, to, to explain that, I have first to explain uh, how we get our current Bible. Um, some of you may know uh, that... We actually don't have the original manuscripts of the time. So, um, I think, uh, uh, um, please correct me, biblical scholars, if you're listening. Gosh, if you are, then thank you. Anyway, um, the the earliest writing of the New Testament, as in, in terms of chronology, uh, they say is Mark's Gospel. They, they, they say... Um, It was written, um, you know, 20 to 30 years after the death of Jesus. So, you know, pretty recent. Um, Anyway, yeah, so so it was written. um, However, we unfortunately don't have the actual originals. So, the actual manuscript that Mark wrote these words that we read now, we we actually don't have the originals of any of the Bible. Um, Sorry, um, any of the New Testament. However, we have so many copies, so many copies, and copies of copies, and copies of copies of copies, and copies of, copies of copies. It goes all the way down this whole family tree of copies. And when you have a look at all these copies that have started from, you know, 20 years after Jesus to all the way until later it's remarkable how much similarity there is, how little change there is, how little variations there are. You know how sometimes like, you have a look at a verse in the Bible and you see a footnote and sometimes it says, some manuscript says blah, 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 you know, something different. Um, that's talking about variations in copies of manuscripts. So we have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of manuscripts. It is ridiculous. Just, just as a a way of um, of compare of comparison, do you believe that Julius Caesar was real? Well, you would, right? You know, because we have the historical documents. Well, here's the thing: we have more copies and historical testimonies of the writings of the Bible than we have existence of historical documents relating to the existence of Julius Caesar. So, if you believe that Julius Caesar was a historical person, and you got that because you know you follow the trail of historical documents and you can see it, well, you know you have to be pretty um, uh, yeah, ignorant or um, inconsistent to think that the Bible isn't uh, saying what it's saying. Um, so that's, that's just to say the Bible is uh, is proven and acknowledged to be uh, steady stable it is reliable and we believe it as god's word Um, so what 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 then how does that help us understand mark mark 16 well um how how biblical scholars figure out what is reliable and what are the originals is of course well there's there's actually two categories first is what we call external evidence and second is what we call internal evidence so um, when we speak about external evidence, it's uh, checking manuscripts against each other and to figure out, okay, this one says this, oh, but this one says this. Oh, but uh, copy number A is from earlier, much earlier. And copy number B, oh, we see that it was made in the 15th century A, uh, AD. So if you compare those two copies, well, you know actually the earliest is much, much more reliable. So that's, that's external internal is looking at the text and trying to figure it out okay it says here particular words oh maybe maybe the person who copied it down made a mistake or um, you know oh okay maybe they were really trying to clarify but by clarifying they've actually added a couple of words maybe that's how they did it so that's sort of internal we look at the words and 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 the grammar and try and i figure out okay i can see that the copyist has made this particular change because they wanted to try this in the actual text. So that's internal evidence. Now what biblical scholars have done, and they have have done this for a long time now, what they've done is check the external and check the internal evidence and figure out what is the most reliable copies of the Bible. Now, throughout the Bible, uh, there is no variation or change no variation whatsoever that affects any of the core doctrines of Christianity. Nothing. There are no variations that affect core doctrine. The majority of the variations are either, um, you know, typos or, you know, um, you know, smudges or you know things like that. Uh, things, things that that really don't actually quite matter. Mark 16 is a unique situation where we actually have people who say, uh, actually, hey, why don't we keep Mark 16? Um, Now, the issue with that is, as you can see there, we want to rely on manuscripts that are the most original uh, and those that are most early. So the early ones are the better ones um, because after a time, you know, play Chinese whispers, like you know what I mean. Um Mark 16 there is uh, especially the, the verses nine to twenty, they are from latter manuscripts. Now that tells us a couple of things. One, they weren't uh, someone added these words after a while. Now we also know that the original, as in those that are earlier, the first eight verses of Mark 16, these verses were the only verses known to the very early Christians um, in the first, second century AD. So what we call the early church fathers, as in those very um, first few Christian leaders, they didn't have any knowledge of the existence of Mark 16, verse 9 to 20. So whether it's the actual text, and all the evidence there, whether it's the manuscripts, and whether it's the tradition of people who've gone before us, those very early Christians, everything points, everything points to a stable conclusion, a steady one, that Mark 16 verses 9 to 20 is not part of Scripture. Now then the question is, well, why is it here? Why is it in this book? Well, Just because it's in this book doesn't mean that it's inspired. Think about the titles. Think about the chapters. It's funny. Chapter divisions were made up afterwards. So just because it's in this book, in this text, it doesn't mean that it's inspired. So... Um, now the reason why I'm, I'm telling you this well, is because it's unavoidable. You can see it right there, and it needs to be explained um, Two, I, I, I want to show you that uh, actually people have thought about uh, deep Christian things like this for for some time, um, and and so hopefully just just you know just by letting you know, uh, it, it is a reliable thing. Uh, this this text it is amazing of the historical testimonies um, witnessing to the reliability of Scripture. There is nothing else in the entire world's history of literature uh, where something like this, the Bible, uh, has been kept to be solid. Um, it, it, It truly is an amazing work of God that we are able to read the words very closely, Read the original words that were originally intended. We are able to read them now, two thousand years after, uh, you know, after uh, Jesus. That is an amazing thing. And so when Tim- Paul writes to Timothy in, in in two Timothy three sixteen, and calls God's word God breathed, that it is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for training in righteousness, you know, for teaching that that's that's truth the bible should never be questioned just according to you know just because of some historical documentary we watched or some little you know what seems like a contradiction people have thought very, very hard about this for a very, very long time and have been unable to find solid historical evidence that questions or shakes or even can touch the toenails of the reliability of Scripture. Now, if if you want to check out more on this topic, this very important topic, um, yeah, come and speak to me or, or Alan, and 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 we can think through things together. Um, a great place to start is to think about how does a Jesus think about the words of Scripture. Um, so you can you can go throughout and comb the 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 Gospels and see how Jesus views Scripture. Uh, you can also see the Bible's own interpretation of what the Bible is saying. You know, I mentioned two Timothy three sixteen. There are so many other verses that you can have a look at to think about what god's word is saying about god's word um besides that there are historical documents that you can have a look at um that that tell you a bit more about what people thought um you know we're a presbyterian church and so if you have a look at the Westminster confession of faith you can actually have a see and look at what presbyterians believe about the nature of scripture in the document so you can you can have a look at that uh besides that uh, there are other books um yeah, that, that if you're interested, you can come and ask me or Alan, and we'll love to have a conversation. Now, please, if you do have a question about this, and it is an important question because it comes right down to the heart of the Christian faith, the reliability of Scripture, please do not just let it go. Now, we we want to explain. like We want you to ask questions and to figure it out. Um, please don't just come to the God Bible and believe it just because we said so. Investigate for yourself. This is life and death we're talking about, and we really want you to know the truth. Now, um, that's just, you know, a... a, a, um a thing uh, that I don't really usually like to speak on, you know. Um, I'd rather much speak on what the Bible is actually saying. Um, but I know some of you may have questions as to the nature of Mark 16. So I'm just putting this out there, you know, it's a bit of an extra thing. Um, but if you are interested, yeah, please come and speak to me or Alan. Um, well, you know, this is sort of an extra episode. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, but until next time, I'll see you around.